Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Orange or Brown Talk podcast, which, as you know, is the Hey Mary Kay edition of the podcast. The Browns fresh off a win over Tampa Bay, but of course, that uh, story is overshadowed by the fact that the Browns franchise quarterback is officially on the 53-man roster. His 11-game suspension is over. Deshaun Watson is back and ready to start for the Cleveland Browns against Houston on Sunday. And Mary Kay, as you can imagine, a lot of questions about Deshaun from our football insiders, a lot of questions about Jacoby from our football insiders. So let's get right to it. This comes from Howard in LA. Hey, Mary Kay, is it fair to say Kevin Stefanski's job is dependent on the last six games with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, or is it not? I would say it is not. I really do not think Uh, that Kevin Stefanski is in any kind of trouble whatsoever. Uh, I think if there are issues at all with play calling or his handling of Deshaun, they will work through those. The front office, and I truly believe this, they feel that they have their coach, their coach of the present and their coach of the future. They have no plans whatsoever of moving Kevin Stefanski. Now, in the event that they need to upgrade their play calling or their offensive staff somehow uh, to accommodate Deshaun Watson, perhaps they would do that. I mean, that is their $230 million investment. But right now, uh, that is not in the cards. This is the CEO coach that they want, and they're going to march forward with him. Yeah, six games is a really small sample size, I think. For it to even be a discussion when we get to January, it would have to look like a disaster, and I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I, I, you know, I think the bigger discussion here is, you know, that like Deshaun Watson's back; he's your two hundred thirty million dollar quarterback. At some point, every area of the organization has to get looked at and has to be evaluated. So um, I think, but I think the Kevin Stefanski discussion is too soon. I think it's a discussion we have this time next year if the team is struggling with Deshaun Watson at quarterback and the offense doesn't look crisp, because the reality is this was a pretty efficient offense with Jacoby Brissett. It wasn't perfect by any means. And and there's certainly, you know, we can quibble over some things Kevin did as a play caller, but he did run a pretty decent offense with Jacoby at quarterback. Yeah, he really did. And, you know, we saw what he did with Baker Mayfield in 2020 when conditions were not ideal and Baker had, obvious limitations. Uh, So yeah, I I just don't see that in the cards whatsoever. 
I think that, you know, this is a very multiple offense. I do think that they need a couple to add at least one Pro Bowl receiver. I've been saying that over and over again. Uh, but I think that they will use their personnel well. I think they'll be multi- multiple. I think they will pull things out of their bag of tricks. I think that Kevin Stefanski has worked very hard to figure out how to play to Deshaun Watson's strengths. I know that he's talked to previous Watson coaches, and uh, and I, I just know that he is uh, going to pull out all the stops and work very collaboratively with Deshaun Watson to make sure that those two are on the same page, because that's what it's going to take. Okay, so that leads us to this question, which comes from Tom Bays in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, Mary Kay. With Deshaun Watson starting this Sunday, what adjustments will be most critical and who will be most affected by his return? That's a really good question. We always get such good questions, and I know that you and I are very appreciative of that. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, the passing game will be most effective. I, I think that touchdown catch that you saw by David Njoku in the end zone, I think you'll see more of those. Uh, you know, I've been saying for two years now at least, that David Njoku is capable of being an eight-touchdown-a-year tight end. And I think that he just needs more opportunities in the red zone and the end zone like that. And I think Deshaun Watson can do that too. I think he can put the ball where only that receiver is going to be able to get it. And that's why if you look at his last season that he played in 2020, he had 33 touchdowns and only seven interceptions. So I think you're going to see a much more robust passing game. And uh, and I think that the tight ends will benefit. And I think the receivers will benefit. And I think you will see way more touchdown catches. Yeah, I think it's going to be a real challenge for defenses, you know, in this team. When we go back to the spring and also a little in training camp, there was so much like pistol formation, read option stuff. And... I, you know, I think they're going to start to work back on some of those things. And, you know, you can envision plays, some of those bootlegs that maybe you wouldn't dare run with Jacoby Brissett with him keeping the football. Now maybe are designing some of those for Deshaun. And, and Wyatt Teller said yesterday, like, if you're going to put eight guys in the box, good luck. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it it's going to make the passing game better, which in turn is just going to make, it's going to open things up for the run game. It's going to open things up for, for basically everything they do because Deshaun is – you know, as good as Jacoby was, the reality is he didn't really go through a ton of progressions. It was a lot of, I'm going to throw the ball to Amari Cooper and David Njoku and, uh, you know, scrambled around and made some plays. But Deshaun is really going to be able to sit in the pocket and dissect defenses. And then on the move, he's still going to be able to make plays in those scramble drills. So I said on our postgame pod last night when Doug asked me this question, I think the offense can be 50% better with Deshaun Watson in it. That was the highest number of the three of us. I don't know if Doug asked you that, but. Oh no, he did not ask me that, but yes. Yeah, so okay. I think. Well, I then think I'm going to ask be. you that. There you go. Um, you got to say, Hey, MK first though. Okay. Well, Hey, MK, what percentage <laughs> would you put on the offense being, how, what percentage better is the offense with Deshaun Watson than Jacoby Brissett? You know, I think 50 is a good number. I really do, because I think that you will see a much more sophisticated sophisticated passing game. I really do. I think that let's look back to the past two games, okay? If you go back to the Bills game, into the first half of the Bills game, so many things went wrong offensively in the first half of the game, and then it was kind of over 
it was kind of over. The Bills just seized the moment and took advantage of that. The fact that uh, the Browns just kept on stalling and stalling and stalling. If you go back to the Bucks game yesterday, they had eight possessions where they didn't put any points on the board. And again, Jacoby has done tremendous things for this offense. But if you take away the run right now, or if you take away rushing touchdowns right now, you know, you're a little hamstrung. And even after the game, when we talked to guys like um, Miles Garrett, he talked about the fact that, um, you know, that he thinks that it will open things up and change things up for the offense and they will do some more things. When you've got a challenged defense and challenged special teams like they have had most of the season, if you have an offense that is like super explosive and can score at any minute, then, you know, that's what you kind of need. And that's what this offense is going to have the potential to be. Again, I do think that they could use at least one more excellent receiver, but look what Donovan Peoples-Jones has been able to do this season. I think you'll see more of that. I think you'll see more of David Bell. Um, I think you'll even see more of Anthony Schwartz. They, you know, they're, they have not given up on this young man and, and I think that he might pop a little bit when Deshaun Watson is out there. And then, as I mentioned before, I think you're going to see just a, you know, a red zone experience that we haven't really seen yet. Yeah. The the other thing I mentioned yesterday, and Kevin said he thought about going for two uh, on that after they scored that Njoku touchdown. I bet he would have if Deshaun were his quarterback. And th- those are the things that I'm thinking about. Like some of these fourth downs, we know Kevin is a really aggressive coach and Jacoby's been great at quarterback sneaks and all that. But some of these fourth downs, that are sort of in between the one in Atlanta that, that I know Kevin took some criticism for, you know, if Deshaun's the one making that play and you've got as a defense, okay, it's fourth and three and you have to worry about Deshaun keeping a handoff to Nick Chubb, a throw to Cooper and Joku. I mean, there's like five things you have to worry about that you really don't have to worry about with Jacoby Brissett as much. It's easier to take those things away from Jacoby. And don't worry, Jacoby fans, we're going to give him some love later in this podcast too. But there's things you don't have to worry about with Jacoby that Deshaun just kind of supercharges. Yeah, absolutely. It's why he's a three-time Pro Bowler. It's why the Browns went out and spent $230 million on him. He's an elite passer. He's got elite arm talent. He's got elite an elite skill set overall. I mean, you can put him up there in the top six or seven amongst quarterbacks in the NFL. He can hang with the Patrick Mahomes and the Josh Allens. And, you know, we can't even say Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers anymore because both of them are really struggling this season for one reason or another. But uh, he is right up there with the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And maybe he is even in the top five at this point. So, um, so yeah, there are plenty of things that you're going to be able to do with him. And I think the, the tight ends and the receivers, they understand it. They, they really know what's coming. They're going to have to be ready for anything. They have to be ready to make those site adjustments. He's going to make plays on the run. A play is going to stay alive for a long time. Uh, and again, Jacoby did a lot of really, really nice things, but he's not Deshaun. I mean, he's just not Deshaun. Um, so, and, and I don't, and I think he would admit that and agree with that. He has admitted that he has said that. So, um, yeah, I think good times are, are coming, but it might be a little bit of a work in progress. We're not sure about that. We can't say with hundred percent certainty that it's going to work like clockwork right away. 
Now it should, I think, in the first game because they're playing the one nine and one Texans. I mean, if he can't look really good against the one nine and one Texans and roll up 30 some points on his former team, then I would have to think, oh, this might take a little while to get rolling. Uh, but for the most part, I think that, uh, you know, I think he's going to be really good early on. And I think he gives them a chance to win every single game on the rest of the schedule. Yeah. You know, I, like I said this when the, back when the Cavs acquired Donovan Mitchell, like I, I think I said, I don't think Cavs fans realized how good of a player Donovan Mitchell was because he played in Utah and they probably didn't watch a lot of him, but he's here and they're, they're kind of seeing how good he is. And with Deshaun, I think because of everything that has come with him, I think there's a segment of the Browns fan base that doesn't quite realize how good he actually is and the things he can actually do. You know, because they, they weren't watching the Texans. You know, <laughs> what, what what hardcore Browns fan was sitting around watching the Houston Texans? Now, obviously, there's a lot of the fan base that does, that has seen him and has seen what he can do. But I do think there's a segment of, of people who don't, quite fully understand just how good Deshaun Watson actually is yet. And and that's fine, because like I said, they haven't been sitting there watching him all that closely. Right. And I think it will help him look really good, really fast to have an Amari Cooper. I mean, think about that. When you've got Amari Cooper on your team, uh, he's going to go out there and make catches that a lot of people can't make. He's so right about the fact that in addition to his excellent route running, he makes really good contested catches. He makes difficult catches. He had that uncharacteristic drop yesterday, but he is so good. I mean, he I've said this about him before. A couple of more Pro Bowls, and he is in that conversation for the Hall of Fame. I, I really, truly believe that, that he's got Hall of Fame talent. And uh, and he's about to have another 1,000-yard season if, if all goes as planned. This should be another 1,000-yard season for him. And who knows, maybe even another Pro Bowl. Uh, So I think that's going to be really good. I think Donovan's going to be really good. Now, some of these guys have developed a rapport, you know, verbally with Jacoby Brissett, like Amari and Jacoby. uh, You know, they go back and forth talking all the time. They're texting all the time about what they like, what they don't. So it might take Deshaun a little bit of time to develop a little bit of that chemistry. Hey, here's where I'd like the ball on the fade route or whatever, you know. I mean, the nuances of the game that happen between a receiver and uh, and a quarterback, that might take a little time. Um, but for the most part, there's so much arm talent there that I just don't think it's going to take that long. I think they're going to be okay. I really do. Um, I still think, like I said, I mean, now, you know, he's got David Njoku. Uh, he's got David Bell, who's coming around. He's got Donovan Peoples-Jones and he's got Amari. Um, I still think they're one short of just that guy, you know? I mean, when you look around at these passing offenses, you know, there's, you know, you really want to have at least three Pro Bowl caliber guys that you're being able to throw that ball to. And I think David is a Pro Bowl caliber tight end. Amari is obviously a Pro Bowl caliber receiver. And I think they need one more Pro Bowl guy. Now, Maybe Donovan can can get to that point someday if he continues to grow and develop the way that he has. I mean, he's making some really, really nice plays. Uh, but I think they're shy. One of those guys, and we'll soon find out if Deshaun sort of feels the same way. 
Okay, this question, we had a couple questions about this, and I'm going to choose uh, Paxton Styles from Chevrolet, Maryland. This kind of goes a little bit with what we were talking about. But I'm picking Paxton's question because he adds, he was in town for Thanksgiving, and he was at the game. He sat a few rows in front of the press box, looked back, and saw us all working hard. Paxton, I want to admit something to you. Mary Kay was working hard. You might have caught me either trying to find the skunk that was in First Energy Stadium and watching that whole scene, or watching video of the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, mascot on loop. That was <laughs> that. That was potentially what you saw. But anyway, Paxton, yes, we were there. At least one of us was working hard. Uh, he says, hey, Mary Kay, in regards to Rust in his first two games, do you think Watson will be A, worse than Jacoby, B, same as Jacoby, or C, better than Jacoby? If A or B, how long before he looks better? You know, I'm going to say better in the first game. Because I think he's going to have a lot of adrenaline flowing to go back to Texas, to to go back to Houston and play against the Texans. I think he's going to be on fire that game. I think it's going to be very emotional for him. I think he knows he's got to get really dialed in and focus in and block out any kind of distractions and really uh, just focus on what's happening on the field and you know, not look at any protests or signs or whatever the case may be there in Houston where all of the allegations or most of the allegations against him took place. And then, of course, they're playing against a team that's just bewildered right now. I mean, they're one, nine and one. They just came off a 30-15 drubbing by the Dolphins and they're just a bad team. In fact, uh, as of right now, they, you know, they've got the worst record in the NFL they're gunning for that number one overall pick, which would be the second first round pick uh, that the Browns traded to them in exchange for Deshaun Watson. And um, and it's just not a good scene. And I think that's the kind of team that he's really going to have a chance to completely pick apart and they should be able to get ahead and keep the pedal to the metal. Yeah. And I think Kevin is smart enough that he's going to he's not going to make it real complicated early on Deshaun. You know, he might lean a little bit on Nick Chubb early, give Deshaun and give just give Deshaun some easy stuff, you know, give him some real easy throws to Cooper, give him something easy, maybe a screen to Njoku, just really easy stuff to kind of ease him into it and just sort of open it up as the game goes along. But the reality is even, even if Deshaun looks rusty, they could just let Nick Chubb rush for 150 yards against this team. This is there's a million ways that they can go to Houston to win this game, and I, I think there's a lot of ways that they can make Deshaun look really good and get Browns fans really excited about him, and also not put too much on him, kind of ease him in. Because what you want is you want him to be really ready to go next week when they have to go to Cincinnati. That's the game that really matters. Because you, I mean, you could start Kellen Mond and beat this team. Yeah. I mean, that is so true. It's a big game because Deshaun is going back to Houston. There will be national media there. Um, For for all of those reasons, there will be a lot of hype. There will be a lot of drama. There will be a lot of media coverage. Um, But I mean, it is just a game that they are going to win. We can pick it right now. We could probably pick our scores right now. Uh, This is one where you don't even have to think about it. They are winning this game. And, um, and so, yeah, absolutely. You can, you can try to ease him in a little bit. He doesn't have to do too much. He doesn't have to have the weight of the Cleveland Browns on his shoulders. Uh, You know, he can go down there and, and just try to, 
you know, get back into the groove. Maybe look at it like this is his preseason game. This is his preseason tune-up. He has only played three series in preseason. They did not go well in large part because Anthony Schwartz was having a horrible day. Uh, he targeted him three times, and uh, and Anthony, did, Anthony didn't catch any of those passes. He dropped two of them and ran the wrong route on the third. So Anthony's come a long way since then. David Bell has come a long way since then. Michael Woods, who was inactive yesterday, has come a long way since then. Uh, you know, Amari Cooper is really humming along in this system now. So he's coming back to a receiving core that's ready for him, that's ready to shine and excel for him. Uh, one more question, and this kind of piggybacks on me saying the Browns could start Kellen Mond and win this game. Anise Varner in Toledo says, Hey, Mary Kay, is this Browns versus Texans game a trap game for the Browns? I, I just don't think so. I just think they're too good. You know, this, is, this isn't just a mediocre team going to play a bad team. This is a Super Bowl contender going to play a bad football team. Now, they, they're four and seven, and things haven't gone their way, and they have had, you know, a poor start on defense. They've had a very poor start on special teams. Those two units did not pull their weight. If they had pulled their weight, the Browns would have five or six victories right now uh, to hand over to Deshaun Watson. I mean, we always knew it was going to have to be that. You had to give him five or six. You knew it wasn't going to be easy. But really, Jacoby did his part. Um, so I, th I think it's unfortunate. I think the Browns are going to look back at this season and and realize that they really blew it early on uh, with those two units and that uh, this is a team that nobody would want to face in an early round of the playoffs or anywhere in the playoffs, I think, once you start to see how it's all going to be put together in the final six games. Okay, we'll talk a little bit about expectations in the second half, and we'll talk a little bit about Jacoby Brissett. But first, we're going to take a break here on the Hey Mary Kay edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, the Hey Mary Kay edition of the podcast. Let's start uh, with some Jacoby Brissett, and then we're going to get into some expectations for, I called it the second half. It kind of feels like the second half of the season because this is like the first half was Jacoby, but it's six games. Um, anyway, Jason from Atlanta. Hey Mary Kay, is it safe to say that Jacoby has been the best quarterback the Browns have had since 1999? And Jason admits He's a he was a Baker. He calls himself a Baker Baker pseudo supporter. So I guess that means maybe he was and he's not anymore. I don't know if the answer is yes, but I it's telling in a lot of ways that Jacoby is probably in the discussion. Yeah, he can be in the discussion. He's he's done some really really good things, but uh, I, I still think that a quarterback a quarterback's record is somewhat tied to the quarterback. Now. Scott Patsko, our, our former Browns fellow beat writer, 
uh, doesn't really agree with that in terms of the record being a quarterback driven thing. Uh, but but I think it is because I think you need to be able to pull out the two minute drills. I think you need to overcome all this adversity in a game. And I think you need to go out there and make big plays and put point, points on the board. And the really good quarterbacks can do that. They can overcome bad special teams. They can overcome a bad defense. We've seen Patrick Mahomes and other people uh, overcome bad other units on the football team with stellar, stellar quarterback play. We've seen what the 49ers are with Jimmy Garoppolo and without Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, there's a direct correlation between their winning record when he plays and a losing record when he doesn't. So I think that record does have something to do with it. And even though Jacoby, like I said before, did his part, they needed when Jacoby was in there, the other two units to do their part. If you are an elite quarterback, like I said before, you can overcome those other things. So at four and seven, I don't think I can say that he's the best quarterback that they've had. I I still think that, you know, several seasons of Baker Mayfield exceeded what Jacoby has been able to do. I mean, one of them was a playoff season in which he went into Pittsburgh and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? And went 11 and five that year. So I think we have to count that as a better season than, you know, than what Jacoby has, has done this year or better quarterback play than what Jacoby Brissett has been able to do. And then the other thing is, I think he did turn the ball over too many times. Uh, you know, even though five isn't horrible for 11 games, it's really not horrible. Um, but five interceptions and, or actually six interceptions, one was a Hail Mary yesterday, but it still counts. Uh, at the end of the half, six interceptions and four lost fumbles. Um, that's just too many turnovers. That's too many turnovers. And several of those came in crucial moments in the game, like in the end of the Chargers game, where that cost them a victory. And one more victory means the difference between playoffs or no playoffs. So I'm going to say no, but he must be commended for the job that he did. Yeah, I, I agree with that. There's probably... Um you know, like that, the one season of Derek Anderson or, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it's such a small sampling to choose from, <laughs> right. but yeah, I, I think there's a few, a few guys probably in the running, but Jacoby was, Jacoby did what he was supposed to do. And, you know, I'll give him credit for yesterday. I, I mean, the Browns had no business winning that game. Uh, they absolutely were not better than the Bucks yesterday, but Jacoby made that throw to David and Joku to tie the game. And, things just took off from there and and they were able to win uh, in in overtime. So I'm happy that he kind of got to go out on that note um, because they, it it was good to send him out with a win like that and kind of move into this new era of, of Brown's football and, and kind of see where this thing goes the rest of the way. Uh, But yeah, I, he's, he's in the discussion. I'm with you. I don't think he is the answer, but he's certainly in the discussion, but Here's another Jacoby question, uh, Tyson from New Braunfels. Hey, M- hey, Mary Kay, do you see the Browns keeping Jacoby as the backup next year, or could the job be Kellen Mons to lose? I actually don't see them keeping Jacoby next year. I don't, um, and I'll prob- probably be writing something about this pretty soon. And that's because I think there are going to be a handful of teams 
a handful of teams where he is an upgrade at quarterback for them and that he could be just what they need to, you know, to produce a, a winning season in the right situation with the right team. I mean, look, people had Geno Smith on the scrap heap, right? And he revived his career and he's doing a nice job. I think Jacoby Brissett can go somewhere and help a football team win. I think he kind of put himself on the map, back on the map this year as a starter. And I'm not saying that he's, you know, one of the best in the NFL, but I'm saying that I think he can be a quality starter. And I think he can get some teams right now that are in sort of dire straits at at quarterback where they need to go. And I think he'll get some opportunities. Yeah. I mean, if it were up to the Browns, maybe the answer would be yes, but it's not just up to the Browns. Um, Like, like, let's say I'm one of these teams that's, let's say I'm the Houston Texans and Mm -hmm. I'm about to draft CJ Stroud or Bryce Young or whoever ends up being the number one overall quarterback. Mm -hmm. And I've got a million draft picks and I'm starting this rebuild around a bunch of young guys. I would love to have Jacoby Brissett in that locker room Mm -hmm. and say to him, Jacoby, come sign with us. And it's going to be a similar situation to Cleveland. You're not going to be our starter for long, but we want you here to kind of keep the seat warm for this young guy. So he doesn't have to come in and start right away. I I think that would be pair him with a young quarterback like that. That would be a perfect situation. Maybe not for him, but for that young quarterback, it would be absolutely perfect. So I I think there'll be opportunities like that, or there could be opportunities like, you know, a team that just needs a, I mean, Marcus Mariota is a guy that, you know, he hasn't been better than Jacoby Brissett. So there might be some opportunities like that, like like what he got this year with the Falcons. So mm-hmm. I guess it depends on what Jacoby wants. Maybe he wants to stay in Cleveland and be the backup and try to win a Super Bowl. But if if he wants to start, I think there might be some opportunities out there for him. Yeah, and I think he does. I think he's made it abundantly clear uh, over the past several weeks that he views himself as a starter. He believes that the Browns viewed him as a starter, and they did. And, um, and I think that, that that's what he's gunning for. That's what he's aiming for. He wants to start in 2023 again. He's not ready to give this up yet. Uh, you know, that's why he got so emotional in the Panthers game. He knows how precious these opportunities are. Uh, he knew that uh, this was a great situation for him in terms of what was around him and, and you know, being able to, to have these 11 starts. So, I think that that he will get some looks and I think that, um, yeah, that he will end up somewhere else. If that doesn't happen, this would be his number one choice to be back up. Okay, let's get to some non-quarterback questions and uh, a couple about expectations. Uh, no name on this one, the 203 area code. Hey, Mary Kay, do you believe the Browns defense is back on track? I feel like they need to string a few consistent performances together before I'm a believer. What is your take? I think they're back on track. I do. I think they're back on track and they're going to have some uh, tough gigs coming up. Uh, They've got to play Cincinnati and they've got to play Baltimore. Baltimore is struggling though, like in the red zone, they they're, you know, they're scratching their heads about why they can't score uh, in the red zone after their loss yesterday to Jacksonville. So, um, so I, I do think that, um, that the defense is back on track. I think, now, Miles re-injured his left shoulder yesterday, so as long as he's going to be okay and he can be Miles for these last six games, I think that will help tremendously. I think Jadavian Clowney is kind of back in the game. 
and feeling better with his ankle. I think that um, they do have some issues with concussions in the back end. Greg hasn't been uh, there for the last two games, and now A.J. Green is in the concussion protocol. But surprise, surprise, rookie cornerback Martin Emerson has been one of the tremendous bright spots of the season. I don't know that they're winning that game yesterday if Martin Emerson doesn't completely take Mike Evans out of the football game. He took him out. I mean, he completely took him out. They targeted him seven times. He didn't give up a catch. He broke up passes. Uh, this this young man is exactly what uh, Terrell Buckley, the uh, former 15-year NFL quarterback, told me he, he was, and that is uh, a day one starter, a steal in the draft, should have been a first-round pick, and Terrell knows what he's looking at. I mean, he's he's now the head coach of Orlando of the XFL, but he's coached cornerbacks and safeties his whole entire career. So he, he knows what he's talking about, and he wasn't just, uh, you know, blowing smoke with that. So that's helped tremendously. Um, JOK is back. JOK is back. They've the, And Sione Takitaki emerged at linebacker. So they're figuring that out. And, um, and yeah, I, I think the defense is back. I'm, I'm not there quite yet. I need to see mm-hmm. it against somebody other than kind of what we saw yesterday. I, mm-hmm. I, that Tampa team was, was rough. <laughs> and, and some of that, look, some of that credit goes to the Browns. I mean, Miles Garrett took over that game late. And I, I'm a little concerned about the shoulder and how that'll play out over the rest of the year. There's just still some some question marks, but they have this opportunity to get this momentum going. And that matters. If you're starting to feel really good about yourself as a defense, I mean, so they, they dominated Tampa. They, at least at the end, they dominated Tampa. They can go to Houston and dominate that game. Mm-hmm. We know they match up really well against Cincinnati. We'll see how that looks with Jamar Chase back. Mm-hmm. They could string together like three games in a row of really good performances. And, and that can kind of really, that can build you know, uh, that, that confidence. And by the way, speaking of Martin Emerson, I loved how he corrected someone on Twitter to make it clear that he didn't allow any catches. And then yesterday after the game, uh, Ashley and I were talking to him and I asked him, you know, when do you think quarterbacks are going to stop targeting you? And he said, I hope they don't. So I just, I I love his confidence. You know, that's what a cornerback needs. He's, he's got a little bit of swagger. He's kind of a quiet guy but he's got a little bit of an edge to him and a little bit of swagger to him. Oh, he does. He definitely does. And if, you know, I've watched a little bit of, um, you know, some of his Mississippi state stuff just to see like, when did this go back to? And uh, he was like that. He was like that then. And he, he talks a really good game and he backs it up. I mean, he loved against the chargers, uh, you know, just being targeted on the fourth and one to Mike Williams and made the play. I mean, when you saw him do that, you realized that he's got the mentality and the demeanor to play this position that he can, if he does give up a pass, that he can shake it off and move on. But he he is tough and uh, and he was a tremendous find for them in the third round. Okay, one more question here, and this one goes to the expectations for the second half. We're going to go back to Tyson from New, bon- New Braunfels. He had a second question. He says, hey, Mary Kate, considering the tiebreaker situation, would 5-1 and one down the stretch be enough to get in, or do the Browns really need to run the table to make the playoffs? You know, it's a great question. Um, it is a great question. I, I need to dig a little deeper into this. 
Um, but their conference record, their two and six conference record is what's really, really going to hurt them. They're currently the number 13 seed. They've got four AFC games left, three in the AFC North. So, I mean, they, they can improve their conference record a lot. I still think they're going to have to get to 10 to get one of the wild card spots because the way that it's shaping up, I mean, it looks like Baltimore and Cincinnati might end up making the playoffs, right? I mean, one of those two teams might grab one of the three wild card spots. Um, and I don't have everything up in front of me right now, but I, I just, I just don't think because of the tiebreakers that you can count on nine. I, I think that they need to win the rest get to 10 and seven and then see what happens mathematically. I don't think nine is going to cut it. I just don't. The, the wild card is really tough too, because, you know, I'm going to start listing teams off here at the jets. Well, the jets beat them. New England beat them. The chargers beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they don't have tight. Ty- Buffalo beat them. Baltimore. Mm-hmm. They're not going to have the head to head against Cincinnati. They could end up being two and zero against them. They could end up being one and one. I I think it's all about the division. I think they've they've got to make a run at the AFC North, and in that case, it's probably a race to. I guess for Cincinnati and Baltimore, it's a race to eleven. For the Browns, they just have to hope, and those two teams still have to play each other. Mm-hmm. And the Browns play both of those teams, so mm-hmm. that that's kind of where your hope lies. That you know, Kansas City's or. Cincinnati has a tougher schedule. They've got Kansas City. They've got some mm-hmm. tough games still coming up. Right. Um, Baltimore still feels a little shaky, even though yes. they had a nice little win streak there. And feel shaky, very shaky. You know, they they just keep blowing leads. So you know, we'll see. But their schedule is still relatively easy. So I, I think it's just a matter of you've got to hope that the AFC North winner only gets to ten, and then you've got to kind of rely on the tiebreakers there. Yeah, I mean it. I mean, it could, that could happen, but um, yeah, the Ravens, again, shaky offensively, you know, just some weird things going on there right now. Cincinnati has won seven of their last nine. So they're heating up at the right time. They're getting Jamar Chase back. Weirdly, they can't beat the Browns. And I I don't, I think they're going to lose to the Browns again. I really do. I think they're going to lose to the Browns again because the Browns are going to have Deshaun Watson this time and, and a defense that matches up really well against those guys. So might be a pretty darn good game, but those Bengals are going to have to really bring it uh, in, in order to, to beat the Browns this a second time. So yeah, a lot can still happen. I mean, it's crazy to, you know, to talk about this when they have a 4.8% chance of making the playoffs right now, according to ESPN football power index. But those chances increase dramatically with each victory. So you could be bumping up to, you know, 60% chance of making the playoffs if you win the next three games. And they can win the next three games. They can win all the rest of their games. They really can win all the rest of their three games. They could have that dud, right? There's always that dud where it just doesn't go well. And, you know, you lose the turnover battle. That's usually it. And something doesn't go right. Or it's a weather game. 
and that can be the great equalizer sometimes. But they have a chance to win every single one of these six games if Deshaun Watson hits the ground running. Yeah, and, and like I said, I mean, the unlikeliness comes in the fact that it's really hard to win seven games in a row in the NFL. It just mm-hmm. like it doesn't happen very often. Um, so that's that's kind of what they're because, like you said, Cade York could miss a kick or, you know, they could fall victim to a David and Joku type catch with 30 seconds left in the game. Or, you know, there's there's so many things that can go wrong in the NFL. And, you know, the guy that was watching us in the press box, we know how chaotic it gets in those fourth quarters when the swings of momentum are going back and forth and that ball bounces a weird way and the game just changes dramatically. So um, it's it's going to be really hard. But Deshaun Watson gives you a chance. And that's mm-hmm. that's why you went and got him. <laughs> yeah, and mean- that's why that David and Joku catch, there were some people that replied to my tweet because I said he sort of saved the season with that catch. Yeah, he did. He did. Like, if they make the playoffs... We're going to go back to that catch yeah. because that's, that's the reason they won the game. And if they lose that game, they're done. Like it is, it is over. And we're not even talking about this team having a chance at the playoffs. Yeah. And it's funny because um, someone yesterday, when David dropped an early pass, an early, easy, flat pass um, in the fourth, in the first quarter, uh, someone said, you know, some, some rip job of David, you know, he, he sucks or something like that. And I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything because occasionally he will lose his concentration and still drop that easy, uncontested pass. Amari Cooper dropped one of those yesterday. So that does happen. But David has learned to make the difficult catch. He's learned to make the difficult catch. And I'm telling you what, he's going to be dynamite with Deshaun Watson. He's going to be dynamite with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun's eyes, Deshaun tweeted, let's go. After after that catch that David made, he's already got the wheels clicking in his mind of what he's going to be like with Deshaun Watson. I mean, with David Njoku. He knows what that's going to be like. People clamor to get a tight end like that, that 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 is that big and that can go up and, and catch that ball. And I'm telling you what, it, it's it's going to be something to watch. It really is. Yeah, I, I want to see what he looks like. Um... You know, he, need, he needs to be more consistent. He needs to be more like a, you know, he needs to be more reliable. Like a, I hate to say Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey is a first ballot Hall of Famer. But like, you know, he needs to start being that guy who like, oh, it's third and three. How did he get open? But, mm-hmm. you know, he, he made a catch like that. Like that's, if you have that, the other stuff, you can continue to develop into that. And I think we've seen some signs this year of him really becoming that guy. So I definitely want to see what it looks like with Deshaun Watson because it could be it could be really good. Yeah, I mean, think about this, Dan. Don't you think Tom Brady would have looked a little bit different with Gronk in that football game yesterday? He had almost like nowhere to go with the football. You know, I mean, with Martin taking away my well, Chris Godwin caught, caught a number of passes too, but a tight end like that that can do what a a Gronk or a Kelsey or one of those guys can do for you. It means a ton, and and he is going to pop with Deshaun. 
Okay, there we go. Our Hey Mary Kay edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. All those questions came from our Football Insider subscribers. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get signed up for that and get that newsletter. Become one of our tech subscribers and get uh, access to exclusive stories at Cleveland.com slash Browns. And of course, subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We're going to do some more Deshaun Watson-centric pods this week. So that's coming up here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast as we get you ready for... This new era of Browns football, the franchise quarterback is here. And of course, we will cover it all week on the pod, on the site, everywhere. Uh, so just make sure you're following along. All of us, Mary Kay, I'll talk to you later. Sounds great.